Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21 Radio as we continue our study in the book of Revelation. And today we're into a new section in Revelation, chapters 4 and 5. Chapters 4 and 5 of the book of Revelation are the two most important chapters in the entire book. In fact, without an accurate interpretation and appreciation of these two chapters, number one, you will not survive the assault of evil described in the book of Revelation. These two chapters are to get you ready for it. Secondly, you can't possibly understand St. John's intended message in the book of Revelation without understanding chapters 4 and 5. There are some what I would call sibling passages in other parts of the Bible to Revelation 4 and 5, and we'll try to cover those next time. But now I think it's worth reading these 11 very important, critical verses in chapter 4. After this, I looked, and lo, in heaven an open door. And the first voice which I had heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up hither, and I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the Spirit, and lo, a throne stood in heaven, and one seated on the throne, and he who sat there appeared like Jasper, Carnelian, and round the throne was a rainbow that looked like an emerald. Round the throne were twenty-four thrones, and seated on the thrones were twenty-four elders, clad in white garments, with golden crowns upon their heads. From the throne issued flashes of lightning and voices and peals of thunder. Before the throne burned seven torches of fire, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne there is, as it were, a sea of glass like crystal. And around the throne, on each side of the throne, are four living creatures full of eyes in front and behind. The first living creature like a lion, the second living creature like an ox, the third living creature with the face of a man, and the fourth living creature like a flying eagle. And the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, are full of eyes all around and within, and day and night they never cease to sing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Worthy art thou, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou didst create all things, and by thy will they existed and were created. Have you ever, 
in any chapter of any book of the Bible anywhere seeing a concentrated mentions of throne, and I know it might have been annoying the way I emphasized it, but you know this is neglected. This is neglected by Catholics and Protestants. This is the central vision in the entire book of Revelation to get God's people ready for the tribulation that lies ahead. And critical for getting God's people ready is a vision of Christ the King. Jesus is king of the world and all nations of the world, and that means not just putting a token in God we trust on the back of a dollar bill. That means he is officially recognized as king of a nation, and all laws and legislation and even all rulers take their crown, so to speak, and lay it before his throne, acknowledging his kingship. I think I counted up about 13 mentions of throne in only 11 verses. So what's going on, not only in chapters 4 and 5, but in the entire book of Revelation? Let's just pause for a minute and look, what's over the horizon? What's coming in the book of Revelation? Well, we know from reading ahead that the empire, in the first century, it was the Roman Empire, The empire is about to unleash its fury on the infant Christian church. As we looked at the seven letters to the churches in Revelation, some of these seven churches have already felt those early rumblings of imperial persecution. So what's the book of Revelation about? The entire book of Revelation, and you know what? When you answer this question, you can also ask the question, what is all of human history about? You should not be able to graduate from a grade school, a high school, or a college, or a graduate program, or a seminary without being able to answer these two related questions, because the answer is the same. Again, question one, what is the entire book of Revelation about? Question two, directly related to it, what is all of human history about? If your child attends Catholic education and hasn't been told this answer, it's like, oh, here's the pieces of a puzzle, but you'll never get how all the pieces form a coherent picture. But here it is, and it's only a sentence. This is what the entire book's about. This is what the entire human history is about. It's this, the conflict of kingdoms that leads to a battle for ultimate loyalty. And the expression of ultimate loyalty we call worship. So it's a conflict of kingdoms that leads to a battle for worship and expressions of ultimate loyalty. The current age in which we are living is a battle age. It's a transitional age, and that's what the book of Revelation is about. And that time, that battle, is going to intensify as we get near the end of human history. Now, let me take you where we're going with the book of Revelation. In chapter 19 and verse 6, you hear the voice of a great multitude. It sounds like the ocean roaring, and they cry out, hallelujah for the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. That's it. 
That's where we're heading in the book of Revelation. Jesus is king. After we go through this transitional battle period of human history, it comes down to Jesus is our king. He reigns. That means he's on a throne. That means he's Lord of heaven and earth. And just a few verses following in Revelation 19 and verse 10, a two-word sentence, which is the application from the truth that Jesus is king. And it simply says, worship God. You see, kingship and worship are the two fundamental conflicts in all of human history, and the culmination of all that is what the book of Revelation is talking about. So the question is, who is king and who is deserving of worship and ultimate human loyalty? In the first century, the immediate application of the book of Revelation, the question was Caesar or Jesus? In the last century, it will be the Antichrist or Jesus, because Caesar in the first century was a type of the Antichrist. Now, he won't come with a little badge that says, hi, I'm the Antichrist, worship me. No, he'll be a benevolent-looking dictator. Maybe we'll call him president of the United Nations or the New World Order or whatever, but ultimately, he will want human loyalty. And I'm going to jump ahead because Revelation 4 is giving us the vision of Christ on the throne. We're going to need that to get through the final time of human history. And this is what's going to come up. In Revelation 13, we read this. I saw a beast rising out of the sea, the sea standing for humanity. So out of humanity comes a beast with 10 horns, 10 diadems upon its horns. In other words, it has a universal crown, universal authority. And the beast that I saw to it, the dragon or Satan, gave his power and his throne and great authority. So Satan is giving universal authority dominion, kingship to the Antichrist. Verse 4 of Revelation 13, men worshiped the dragon, for he had given his authority to the beast, and they worshiped the beast, saying, who is like the beast who can fight against it? Kingship, worship. Kingship, worship. That's what the book of Revelation is about. That's what the battle of all human history is about. It's simply culminating in the book of Revelation. And it says it was allowed to make war on the saints and conquer them. This is not fuzzy-wuzzy Christianity. This is a battle to the end. This is an ultimate conflict, and one will be defeated, and one will reign for eternity. And it says, all who dwell on the earth, whose names have not been written in the book of life from the foundation of the world— are going to go and worship the beast. So it says, if anyone is taken captive, to captivity he goes. If anyone slays with a sword, with the sword he must be slain. Here is a call for the endurance and faith of the saints. So you see, folks, Jesus is ultimately not your therapist or your psychologist or your buddy-buddy or your fire insurance agent to keep you out of hell. Jesus Christ is either your Lord and King or not. And there are people, I know they're out there, and this is kind of a Protestant debate, but what if Jesus is my Savior but not my Lord? Very simple. You'll spend eternity in hell with the devil and the Antichrist. 
Christ is king or not. And those who claim to have him as their king in the final days will have to give their lives as an ultimate testimony to Jesus Christ, the king of the world. Yeah, I like, I, I, I like more positive things. This is a positive thing. This is a battle. It's going to end. Christ is going to win, but in the process, our ultimate testimony to his kingship and our worship is to Jesus and refusing to give it to man who claims to be king and basically taking to himself divine honors. Revelation 13 and verse 15. Right after the Antichrist comes in Revelation 13, we find the false prophet promotes the false worship of the Antichrist kingship and worship. This is human history. This is the book of Revelation. This is what's going on in the world. And it says the false prophet will cause those who will not worship the image of the beast to be slain. Uh, That's what the book of Revelation is talking about. You know, man, I'm not ready for that. Well, you know, many of us are not, but I can tell you how to get ready. It's Revelation chapters 4 and 5. It gives us a vision that needs to be deeply rooted in our hearts, and the vision of the kingship, the one sitting on the throne, sitting on the throne, worshiped on the throne, acknowledged on the throne, the one enthroned over heaven and earth. Once we see that, then we gain from this vision the strength of faith and courage to get through the most difficult years of human history. I'm Steve Wood, your host, confessing Jesus is Lord and King, and you've been listening to episode 75 of Luke 21 Radio. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. To learn more about biblical prophecy and to order copies of Luke 21 broadcasts, visit us online at luke21.com.